Do we? <laughs> All right, we are live. Yeah. Welcome everybody to Opportunity Investors Goes to Hawaii. Nice. All right, man. We are here. It's February, and we are talking to main man Nick, and he is in Hawaii, and we are all jealous of him. But uh, guys, welcome to Opportunity. Thanks for coming out. Yes, a little bit of this. Uh, yeah, we're we're glad to be here. We're going to talk about a lot of different stuff, but we're going to have Nick share his story his real estate story. And that's going to be awesome. And we're going to dive into some of the strategies he has used to get where he has gotten. And uh, yeah, if you guys have never been here before, Opportunity Investors is, it's all about getting together. We like to do it in person when we can. Right now we're doing it virtual, but we talk real estate investing and beer. We combine them together. And we talk strategies, we talk financing, we talk about implementing those ideas in the real world, um, mostly in Hampton Roads. Um, we try to do things that we think will actually work and talk about those things and talk to professionals who are doing stuff. Um, but we also go outside of that, of course, and especially in this world right now with so much changing. Um, we bring in industry experts, we bring in professionals, we bring in people who have done the things before. And, and then we talk about those ideas and we drink some beer, pretty simple. Um, the other thing is networking. And as soon as we can, we're going to bring that section back. We were just saying we'd all rather be, you know, at a brewery right now and doing this in person. But we're in doing life. can with <laughs> the circumstances we are in. Um, so that being said, uh, let's let's get this started. Let's uh, do as we always do. Raise our glass for a quick toast. May your castle be secure and your cup overflowing. You cheers, cheers, cheers. Oh man, so we made it through one month of 2021, and that's good. And the market's kind of going nuts as we expected it would be. I think it's going to keep going nuts for, for some time now. Um, and uh you know, we're all making bets on how long things are going to last, but uh, at the same time, we don't know. I think we're, I think we're all in this, in a realm that we've never been in before, you know, um, I think our country's in a realm we've never been in before. So, so it's pretty interesting. Uh, opportunity. Uh, like I said, we're going to try to go live probably what, um, probably April. I don't know. We haven't talked about March yet, but my guess is April because there's a lot of vaccine and different things coming together. So I think April is definite. Like I just went outside today and it was really nice outside. And uh, I stopped by and pick up picked up this beer real quick from uh, Kova. I haven't been in there. This is the first time I went in there and I was like, man, we need to do this in person really bad. So I don't think I can hold off with so much longer. What about you, Sean? <laughs> no, nah, man, I got to get back to it. I'm ready to go. We can mask yeah. up. Six feet apart, still make it happen. Yeah. So next month, do we know what we got going on next month? 
Is that you, Sean? Uh, I'm sure we got plans on it, but the girls will help us and tell us and keep us straight. <laughs> okay, so we'll come back to that. But um, yeah, my name is Alex Winfield. I am a local real estate agent here in Hampton Roads, and I work with investors. I do retail, and I think we all try to do a little bit of everything, and uh, that's the fun. We do this group so that we can all learn about all these different ideas, get ideas from each other. Uh, networking is a huge part of this. I learn from Sean all the time. Learn from guys like Nick, and I think Nick and Sean, they learn from guys like me. We, we, we feed off of each other. That's what's so cool about this. We bring in different people because we like to hear about it, and we, we hope that others enjoy that as well. Um, Sean, you want to kind of introduce the group and uh, um, yeah, for sure. do all that good stuff? So guys, my name is Sean Bowen. I'm the owner at Full Circle Investment Group, wholesoneoutofthebox.com, and most recently, Coastal Capital Group. So we do fix and flips, we do money lending, and we do wholesaling. So we do a good amount of all of it. Been in the business for 10 years. I am local to Hampton Roads. <clears throat> um, we have done a lot of it, all the creative financing, the wholesaling, the rehabbing. So if you're local, even if you're not, reach out to us and we can help you. Um, we're here to do that. And that's what this group is for. We This all started by literally sitting down and being like, hey, man, you want to get a beer? Yeah, you want to talk about some real estate? Yeah. And the next thing you know, we're here three years later um, and keeping it going. Yeah, it's still years, man. Making it strong. So we really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. And uh, we encourage you guys to interact with us as much as possible. So over in the comment section, if you would, uh, just leave anything question-wise. So as we go through here, um, Nick's going to kind of give you guys his story, his background, where he's coming from, what he's done, uh, what he's doing. Um, so yeah, put your questions over there. And then we're going to go through those as we can and try to get you guys as many answers as possible. Um, as usual, guys, always, you know, keep in mind, this is a very open group. There is structure, but nice and easy going, right? We're not the, we're not the tough asses over here. This is a very laid back situation. We want, you guys yourself, to, dude. Come on. <laughs> we want to, want you guys to have fun and enjoy it. And that's what it's for. Um, so yeah, in short, I uh, also want to thank always, uh, Vanessa and Ashley, cause they always help us and keep us organized and keep us together and actually make this thing stay on track. So it makes us look like we know what we're doing, but really in the background, they're making it happen for us. So ladies, thank you always as usual for uh, helping us keep this thing strong. That's it. Let's talk about, uh, Mr. Nick. Hey, hey man. Thanks for joining us, dude. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's great to, uh, always great to meet up with people and talk real estate, you know, I got one quick question. Go for it. How do you say your last name? That would be LaBeouf. Okay. It's good to know since you were my client for like a long time. <laughs> hey, hey, man, I've heard it. I've heard it all the way. <laughs> I, I say it some way I haven't heard it. So. I had your name on a contract for like, you know, and probably wrote multiple contracts. And I, I get, I, I'm like scared of like messing up people's names. So Don't LaBeouf. it's good to know. That's actually pretty easy to say. I thought it was Lebeuf. Lebeuf. <laughs> do that. You can do that. <laughs> I Ideally, it's French. Yeah, we're gonna go with that. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, so um, I was I was telling you know Nick has done a lot of different things in real estate, and uh, I think it's I think you guys are gonna really enjoy it. Um, I worked with Nick. Uh, what was that three years ago? We did that deal, that house, um, kind of multi-house deal thing. Yeah, 2017, we bought that Virginia Beach house. Yeah, so I, had, I, had a, I actually met Nick at a trig meeting. You and Cordeo were both there. Met you there. Yeah, man. 
wow. met you there and then uh, I, I either invited you to this or we caught up and 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 basically just i think we grabbed coffee or something first maybe yeah you know? yeah and that, kind of started off the relationship and and started kind of talking real estate investing and and since then you've you know you've done a couple things by then and then you kind of continued it and so I'm excited to see, you know, every time I talk to you, you're doing different things and it's just exciting to see you finding success in this industry, man. So happy to hear about you. And if you don't mind, man, just kind of share about how you got from zero to what is it now? 13 units. We are at 13 doors, 14 doors, 14 doors. Yeah, man. So that's awesome. Um, you and uh, you and care are great people. So. Decided to kind of hear your story and and share that with the rest of the opportunity group. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so again, I appreciate it. Um, so I'll just do like a quick overview, and then we'll kind of dive in. So, born, grew up upstate New York. Um, was there until about 2015. Um, moved down to Virginia Beach. Um, was a cop in Norfolk for five years. Um, then we moved back up to uh, upstate New York about two years ago um, for my my wife's job. She she pulled me back up into the cold. Um, I, told her, <laughs> I told her I'd never go back to New so York. Again. You know how that goes. So I'm back in New York and uh, yeah, <laughs> been, up here for, been up here for two years. And um, yeah, now uh, started a... Uh, a uh, exterior home cleaning business up here. So kind of compliments being my own boss, being able to do real estate, you know, investing on my time. Um, so that's kind of, it's been a compliment, you know, real estate for me is kind of like a, uh, a long-term plan. Um, and then the, the house washing business, exterior cleaning business is something that puts money in your pocket today. So they, they work well together in my situation. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. Give us, a so, little, give us that background story. You talked about being an officer in Norfolk. Talk about that a little bit, like from what that got you to, to where you're at and how that, all that got to real estate. Cause that was where I met you too. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So I'll start, I'll start in New York. Actually it's our, our first purchase and we'll, we'll kind of go from there. Cause we were cool. only, only owned in New York for like six or eight months before I got the job down in Norfolk. So, okay. um, so the first deal we did was a three unit, uh, owner occupied was our, our goal. So I'm like really frugal. <laughs> <laughs> Me too, bro. Really, really cheap. You know, I say frugal, <laughs> they say I'm cheap. So really, really frugal. And, uh, my, my wife and I, we got an apartment. And we were paying, I forget how much it was, you know, like a thousand bucks a month for rent. And I wrote that check the first time and was like, yeah, I can't do that. We can't, we can't, we can't be writing that check. So I need to, uh, we need to figure out how we're going to fix this. So I don't know. We had this, this great idea. We're going to buy a three unit. We're going to live in one of the units, rent out the other two or um, live for free basically. So we looked around for, I would say probably, Four or five months, maybe six months. Um, we found a place. Um, we ended up buying that that three unit. Um, there was a lot of different things that went into it. Um, we ended up going to closing, and 
at closing, they wrote us a check nice. for like two grand. Yeah. So I was like, wow, I'm a, I'm a genius. <laughs> so yeah, everything just kind of went right. You know, I, you know, I really didn't have any idea what I was doing. It was our first deal. And, you know, I did some research and stuff, but everything went great. Um, they, they wrote us a check. Um, it was like about a month or two. One of the tenants moved out cause it was fully rented. One of the tenants moved out. We moved into one of the units and, uh, basically the the two tenants paid the mortgage so we were living for free and and i wasn't writing writing that thousand dollar check every month so i was happy hell yeah nice man so you 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 were basically making a thousand dollars a month right out of the gate yeah by not paying, by not paying your rent now did right. you, how did you even come up with that idea like where'd that come from so i don't know i think i think it was just like it was really like renting you know re you know renting an apartment and writing that check and it was like there's gotta be something else. Like I can't, you know, there's gotta be a different way. Let's try and figure out, you know, a, a different way to make this work because, you know, I was, I was young. I was probably like 22, 23 and like a thousand bucks a month. That's a lot of money, you know, going yeah. out the door. So I was like, I don't know. I think I found bigger pockets. I know that that was one of the first place, you know, I kind of did some research on bigger pockets and uh, somebody was talking about, you know, house hacking or living out, living in one of the units or renting out another unit. I was like, that sounds good. Let's give it a try. Nice. Ingenuity is the mother of all invention. <laughs> Forcing it to happen. I like it. All right. So what was the next step after that? So yeah, then um, I went to um, college for criminal justice. Um, I had a bachelor's degree and I was working in a warehouse and I was like, you know, this isn't what I want to do. Um, I want to be a cop. So I applied down the east coast a little bit and uh basically norfolk uh and virginia beach they both called me and wanted me to to go and then norfolk gave me a spot in the academy I ended up moving down there and um we rented again um for a few months i think it was like six or eight months uh, we knew it was gonna be temporary you know we knew that we weren't renters yeah um so we found a single family in Norfolk um, that was 125k. Needed some needed some repairs. Nothing crazy. Um, a lot of landscaping. Lawn was overgrown. You know that type of stuff. A lot of little stuff on the inside. Um, but bought that. That was a it was a it was a decent deal. So we purchased that. We fixed it up. And then we ended up Airbnb out one of the bedrooms because it was a three bedroom. Okay. At this point, it was just my wife and I. So we were sleeping upstairs and we were Airbnb in one of the bedrooms out. And basically, uh, most of the time, that paid our mortgage. So nice. we, again, we were living for free in that house. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And you were doing that before it was cool, man. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I think we started it. You guys, you guys invented Airbnb, right? That's why you're on this. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, right. Especially you, you would have flown us out to Hawaii with you. That'd we would awesome. all be in Hawaii. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. So then you did that home and then yep. talk about some more stuff, like some more things that happened to you in Norfolk. Like what else happened from there? Yeah. So I was living the dream, man, being a cop in Norfolk, um, had a bunch of great buddies dude really it was it was the most fun like nice i loved it i miss it um 
so much fun. Such a great, great job. Great people. Um, obviously there's a lot of, there's a lot of struggles. There's a lot of, you know, tense moments and, and all that good stuff, but it was an awesome time. You know, yep. it's, you know, I'm glad we, we went through it. And, um, so I, I was doing that as my day job and then met up with Alex. Um, and you actually brought, you brought me that Virginia beach property. So the next purchase was a, um, a Virginia beach, um, single family home out front. It was a three bed, two bath ranch. It was typical, like 1400 square feet or something, um, in a nice neighborhood. It was nothing crazy. It needed, uh, some work on the inside, but, uh, the gem was out back. Out back. It had a whole detached house that was like a one, one bed, one bath house. Um, you know, that, you know, had, it was completely separate. So I saw that as a good rental opportunity while Alex did, cause he brought it to me. We, I told him we were kind of looking for, you know, to make a move. Didn't really give him anything, anything specific. Excuse me. And he's like a couple of weeks later, shot me an email or gave me a, a call and was like, Hey, this just, just popped up. I think it had like a $60,000 price cut or something stupid. And yeah. uh, like, yeah, let's go check it out. And went and checked it out. And uh, it was going to be a, a good amount of work, but saw potential in turning that that back house into an Airbnb, you know, because we were already doing the Airbnb in our, our bedroom. Yeah. And that was covering the mortgage. I was like, man, if we had a whole house out back, like yeah. we, we'd be able to make a ton of money on Airbnb. So ended up picking that up. Um, the front house didn't need much. You know, there's like some carpet and some paint and some stuff that just needed to be touched up so that we could move in. So that was owner occupied as well. We moved into the front house and then I, I got to work on the, the back house. Um, I got to interject a little bit real quick. Yeah. Cause I still think it's awesome. We went <laughs> in the back house and it was so full of stuff. We couldn't find the kitchen. <laughs> oh, wow. We're like, I'm pretty sure there's a kitchen in here. You had to use your imagination. <laughs> nice. But what's, but what's cool is, Nick was actually trying to do a birth strategy at the time. That's what you were, you were. And so, but I knew that they were creative and, and kind of up for whatever. So this one popped up and as an agent, a lot of times you have the opportunity to say, who's the most likely to actually pull this thing off. Yeah. So I, I got with Nick and Carol. I was like, dude, y'all should, y'all should do this. And Carol was like nine months pregnant or something. And She's so about, I'm just thinking like, this, this isn't going to happen. Um, you know, this is too crazy. And so we walked there the first day and they're like, let's put an offer on it. I'm like, I love you guys, man. Y'all just come in there and make a decision. And uh, nah, it was it was awesome. But you guys were you guys were able to see what all those, you know, probably 50 other people that walked through that house couldn't see because they saw that unit in the back as really a, a problem. And you guys saw it as an opportunity. So um, I, I think I think y'all made it, you know, kick ass still out of that one just by being open for. Yeah. Know. I remember you were posting pictures there. You had a forerunner, right? You were like pulling shit out with your forerunner, like pulling it apart basically. <laughs> so it had like a whole like deck and shed thing that yeah. was like rotted it, and falling in. I just learned a good lesson. Thing. A good lesson that I've tried to teach future clients is don't ever say you're going to take their, all their crap. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever put that in the contract. Note to sell uh, 
How many loads did you have to get out of there, man? Bro, I think I bought like two full roll-off dumpsters <laughs> and I filled them. And then I just went out and bought a trailer and I just started loading it up because I figured it was cheaper than keep filling up these roll-offs and I would get to use the trailer when I was done <laughs> dump. But yeah, I think I, I have the trailer. And you have the trailer. So it's, it was a good investment. Yeah, I just wanted to make the deal work. Um, and yeah, like the whole the whole back house, you know, what do you think it is? Like a thousand square foot house was just full of just junk, mattresses, bags of garbage, you know, just the, the typical yep. stuff. And um, yeah, it was one of the things we wrote in the contract I remember was you don't have to worry about emptying out that back house. Like, don't worry about it. You know, we'll we'll take care of it. As is. As is. <laughs> Legit as is, and you got you, you really guys got as you is. worked really hard to get that to where it was, and it's it, it was beautiful when y'all were done with it. So talk it about was, that. How did it finish out? What happened with that? Yeah, so basically, um, nights and weekends was working on this Airbnb. Um, basically, gutted it, and we did renovation budget ended up to be about twenty thousand. Um, I did almost all the work myself. Al helped me out with a good amount of it. Al's a good dude. Very valuable dude. Alex nice. nice. Um, and um, yeah, so let me put it up Airbnb. And I mean, immediately we were, you know, making more than enough to, to cover our mortgage. We were putting some cash in our pocket. Um, at the beginning, my wife, Kara, and I were the ones who were turning it over, cleaning it in between guests because it was just right out back. Yeah. And, you know, cleaning fee was like 45 bucks, 50 bucks or something like that. So we would just shoot out the back door, clean it real quick. You know, make 50 bucks in, in 30 minutes. So we're all about the hustle and, you know, making as making as as profitable as it could be. And, yeah, we were stoked. It worked out really well for us. Uh, we still have it today. And, um yeah, I think we did total revenue last year was 40K. Holy <laughs> shit. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool, man. So you guys kept it in your portfolio then? Yeah, we still have it. So the front unit rents for whatever by itself, and then you have the back unit still Airbnb in? Yeah, yeah. So we're renting out the front for $17.50. Holy smokes. Yeah, so that basically covered all of our expenses, like our mortgage and you know all the – all the, the taxes and everything that that you know, the whole it's on the freaking water, dude. What's that? It's oh, on yeah. the warm water, man. It's yeah, I remember crazy. it. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. I don't I remember I it. I like I still look at that and I'm like, how did not? How did people not jump on that? Dude? How did, did you not, for, How much you buy it for? Is two fifteen? Two fifteen. I just holy smokes. smokes! And that was what four years ago, five years ago? Not yet. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow! Like three, four. Yeah, you want to sell it? We're, we'll get we'll get fifty, <laughs> almost four hundred for it. Come on, buddy. I know we're gonna be holding on to that one for a while. <laughs> it's making you money. Yeah, we love it. Our uh, our family stops in. They spend a night or two in the Airbnb. You know, cool. they love it. It's it's a great place. Whenever we go down, we we stay there for a night or two, and that's cool. That's a cool piece of property. All right. So what you got next? What happened next? What was the next step? And like moving forward, what else happened? Let's talk yeah. about some properties. Yeah. 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 So we, um, we were, we were in that place for about 
year and a half, two years, and that like rounded out our uh, five years in Virginia. Okay. Um, wife got a job offer um, up in New York. All of our families from New York. We both grew up there, and um, it was a really good offer, really good pay, and. Um, I was, again, I said, I'm not moving back to New York. And <laughs> then we moved to New York. So, yeah. So we moved up there and um, we're actually staying with her parents for like nine months or, or more um, okay. because we knew we weren't going to rent. And we're like, oh, we'll find a place real quick. We'll just buy, you know, buy something to live in, maybe a duplex or something. And, you know, it'll be like a couple months and, you know, we'll do the same thing again. And um, yeah, the market was hot. And, um, the inventory was low and it's about nine months. We, we stayed with her parents and we had a couple, couple different irons in the fire. And, uh, we ended up closing on three different places in the same week. Oh, wow. <laughs> it all came together. Okay. Yeah. So I was kind of going to it. Like the first one was our, uh, primary residence. So it was just a single family house, nice neighborhood. Um, three bed, two and a half bath. Um, basically it had been rented out for the past, like five, six years, terrible landlords out of state. The house was trashed. Um, the interior was all torn up and, uh, so it needed, needed a lot of just cosmetic. Yeah. Um, we purchased that for 179 and I just put 10 grand in and just redid you know, all the cosmetic stuff. It was only, um, 20 years old. So it was nice. built, in, uh, built in 2000. Nice. So, yeah. It was just, you know, easy. It was, it was carpet paint, new ceiling fans, new lights. And, yeah. uh, so now, um, we're living in that and I conservatively that's probably valued at 275, 300. So we've got a lot of equity in that. Nice. Um, with that being said, we're not, we're not Airbnb and we're not doing anything, you know, creative with that. So I think that I was okay with doing that because of all the equity we got into it. Yeah. So that's where we're living now. The next property is a, um, a single family house. I purchased with a, a partner. We bought that cash and um, I raised the finances to purchase that in, in cash and my partner renovated it and he paid for all the renovations and um, we were going to burr it. That was the plan. Um, this was all pre COVID. Yeah. So, so COVID happened. We, we had rented, we started renovating it. COVID happened. We finished the renovation. We've rented it out, got some good tenants in there, went to the bank and the bank who had prequaled him, before this all started now denied him because they tightened up some lending standards because of COVID. Um, so we kind of had to, had to shift there and figure out what we were going to do. We decided we had a good amount of equity in it because, you know, the market's still going up and up and up. Um, so let's just sell it. You know, we fix it up. Let's just uh, see if the tenants want to leave and we'll just sell it. Right. And uh, so that's what we've decided to do with that one. But we're probably six or seven months into closing because we had a deal fall through. Yep. Um, and then we have another deal that we've been under contract for like 10 weeks now 
So we're just waiting for Sean and I don't know what you're talking about. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. This, these don't close just every time, all the time. No problems. Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy, right? <laughs> we, we signed the contract. So where's yeah. my money? Totally. It's just, that's how it works. That's guy shows up with a briefcase of money, hands it over. You're good to go. No, right. no problem. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about taxes, insurance, nope. electricity, water, all these holding costs that you're just paying out of pocket. <laughs> nah, don't worry. That doesn't matter, right, dude. Nah. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So now you're at, would you say 13, 14 units? Yeah, 14. And then we've got our primary. So basically 15. Cool. You know, so you're missing a couple in there. I think that's that third purchase, right? Yeah. So that so that third one that that closed all in the same week. These are it's still all in the same week. These three, these three houses. The the last one was an eight unit. Nice. Um, so yeah, picked up uh, an eight unit off market. Um, and that was, I kind of consider that my first real investment property because everything else up until then was like owner occupied and we kind of house hacked it or did like Airbnb and we're creative. You know, this was, this was cool for me because it was just a straight, you know, 25% down. We're going to purchase this. We're not living in it. It's just a investment property. So that was really cool. It's, it's, you know, it's profitable. It's a nice little place. I think we got a good deal on it. And uh, yeah, and that's, that's where we're at brings us up into uh it's a modern day, and now I'm uh, chilling in Hawaii. So, <laughs> yeah, man. rough life. Yeah, that's tough. Now, do you think? Now, you said you've been there for almost. You're going to be there almost two months. Do you? And I asked you this before, but just, do you think your real estate portfolio has kind of helped you to feel like you could lit do that? <laughs> that you could travel for a longer amount of time than the average mm -hmm. one week trip. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, you know, for me, it definitely makes me feel comfortable in like what we're doing, you know, not, not having to be at work or have like a nine to five that we we've got to bank on because we have, you know, this is our retirement, you know, the, the properties. Um, and honestly, it really hasn't felt like it's helped until the last like year. Because I mean, you guys know how it is. Like when you're first starting, I mean, we, we went broke every time we bought a house. Yep. Every time. <laughs> yep. You know, it was like, oh, how much money do I need to close on this property? And they're like, oh, twenty thousand. Or like looking at the bank account, like, okay, well, we got twenty one thousand <laughs> in the bank. So yep. so now everything's yeah, you know, kind of coming together. The 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 checks are just coming in um beginning of the month and um really we're we're kind of just breaking even by um by being out here. Um and, and like I said, you know, my, my wife's out of work right now. Um, so that, that kind of, you know, leads into why we're able to do this. You know, she, she does have, you know, a, a job, a day job that she has to, you know, work. So, you know, it, it sucks that she's sick, but it, uh, it's kind of a blessing that we could get away for a little bit. That's cool. So, can you talk about what you felt over this whole COVID event as far as like in the investment world, do you see how it's affected you versus like, it's, some people talk about it different, right? Like, Oh man, it just completely wiped them out. Other guys are like, man, we're thriving. Mm -hmm. How did it affect you guys? Yeah. So I've got, you know, pretty limited exposure. I'm like a, a um, buy and hold cash flow 
you know, middle, uh, middle range, um, purchaser here, not, not super high, uh, units, but not super crappy ones either. Sure. So for, for me, um, I've had one tenant that, uh, you know, just didn't, yeah, didn't pay, knew that she didn't have to pay. And, um, that went on for probably like four months okay. and, um, then she finally just left. But other than that, it's been business as usual for me. Cool. As far as the, the, the rentals go. So no major hiccups where, I mean, I do know some guys that are in that world in either the multifamily world and, or just, you know, a portfolio of individuals where they're like, yeah, I mean, we're collecting 90% and then maybe the first few months they weren't. And then it got back up for whatever reason, maybe some checks came out or some benefits came out and people maybe did pay their rent with it. And that was helpful. But then, you know, now they're saying like, if there's not a problem, people are kind of back to norm. But in the beginning there was a hit, right? Yeah. I mean, and for me personally, I think that this, this tenant that was an issue with me, this was kind of in the middle. She, um, she was on time at the beginning of COVID. She was a, a waitress you know, lost her job, that, that type of deal that yeah. was still, still kind of, you know, making the payments. And then it was like middle of the road is when things were going bad for her. And now everybody's kind of back on track. So, yep. Yep. Well, I got a question, Nick. Um, so you did those three deals at the same time, which is, I feel like for most people is like, uh, this is impossible. How would you do that? And I'm, I'm sure like younger Nick would probably think that's impossible too. How did you kind of make that happen, right? You talked about, you know, you house hacked one or you, you just did a primary residential on the one you moved in. Mm -hmm. The other one, explain that one. And then maybe the eight unit, because that's kind of the, you know, you were able to figure that out. So okay. if you can kind of help let us know that a little bit, that'd be great. Yeah. So it was a lot. It was, it was, it was a hell of a lot. <laughs> was it stressful, was it? Not at all, not at all. <laughs> and this, it was like perfect storm because we had, you know, these offers went in all at different times. And I just kept saying, as long as they all don't close at the same time, we're going to be fine. You know, as, long as, <laughs> as long as we can do one and then, you know, I have a couple weeks and, you know, maybe like a month or two, we're going to be fine. But, you know, it is what it is. And that's just how it happens. So, yeah, the second one that single family house. Um, so I was actually, I sent out some postcards. So I was Ooh. doing, yep. I was doing some driving for dollars. I was actually using deal machine. I was trying to, trying to do some, some Sean Bowen stuff and realized it wasn't for me. It's not, it's not my thing. <laughs> Come on, but, man. It's so easy. <laughs> it's so easy. That's what I thought. I, so you know, I put a lot of time into it. I put some, you know, a good amount of money into it and I ended up getting that one deal. So, you know, it wasn't a loss. It was a good experience for me. I'm glad that I did it, but, um, you know, realized it wasn't for me personally. Um, so that actually, that deal came from a postcard and it was uh, an older gentleman who lived in the house and he was looking to just like move into an apartment or like a senior assisted living type of thing because, you know, this was a three bed, two bath, like 1500 square foot, a hundred, 130 year old house. Yeah. Too much house for that guy. It's a lot. It's a lot for an older guy. Yeah. So basically his son contacted me 
and uh, was like, hey, we got your postcard. Um, we're thinking about selling, like, what's your offer? So I'm like, oh, kind of did some research, put some numbers together and uh, sent them over an offer. And it was uh, 47.5. And I said, you know, it's going to be cash as is. Um, I'm going to take care of everything, write you a check. Um, but this is my highest offer. This is all I can do. And they said, okay. Nice. So I was like, all right, guess I got to come up with <laughs> Now I got to come up with the money. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I raised 25K from nice. two um, private investors, just uh, family friends. Um, 25K from each. And uh, was able to, you know, write them the check um, for the 47.5. And I brought, uh, well, at first I'll back up a little bit. At first I was like, this is going to be a wholesale deal because I don't have the 50K. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I didn't have any way to buy it, so I was like, "This is going to be a wholesale deal. Um, it's got a good margin. Um, this is a it's a good property as it sits right now. It's probably worth like seventy or eighty. You know, before I even touch anything. You know, I'm paying forty seven, and I think I can sell it for you know seventy or eighty. So um, I tried to wholesale it. I listed it up, and again, like. You think it's, you know, it's just easy, right? Somebody's going to come, you know, we got to find a cash buyer. There's no cash, no credit, cash buyer, wholesale fee, easy. <laughs> I was going to make a $15,000 wholesale fee, like they say on, on the radio. So, yeah, man. So uh, I tried that for like a month and uh, no 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 cash buyers came. Yeah. And, um you know, in the, in the meantime, I'm talking to the seller and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to close. I'm going to close. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. I was like, when do you, I was like, take your time. Like whenever you want to move out, whenever really you're, 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 yeah, no, for real. Uh, whenever you're getting your, um, your place, like whenever you're moved in and you got all your stuff out, let me know. And you know, we'll, we'll write you the check. And yeah, I played it cool. Yeah. And uh, dude, it came down to the line. It came down to like the last week. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, it's probably my lack of marketing, my lack of like cash buyer list, you sure. know, my lack of really, you know, being in that space. Um, Cause it was a good deal. You know, I, I definitely could have, you know, if I knew the right person and they w were a buyer in that area, I, I think I could have wholesaled it, but I just, yeah. it didn't come together. Um, so that's when I, I raised the 50 grand. I bought it myself. Nice. But before I did that, I knew that I was that these other two houses were going to close at the same time. You know, the eight unit and the, you know, the single family that my family is going to live in. So I was like, "There's no way I can renovate and like do all the the three of these at the same time." I brought in a buddy from high school who is a electrician, okay. and, and uh, he had reached out to me a couple times about wanting to get into real estate. And I was like, "Hey, man," gave him a call. I was like, "Yeah, hey, I got an opportunity for you." I got a great deal for you. Do I have a deal for you? <laughs> so I was like, here's the deal, man. Here's this house. I just bought it for 47000 And first he was like, oh, my God. He's like, how did you get that? I was like, ah, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, so, and I was like, I'll pay for the house. I'll buy the house. You fix it up. You pay for the rehab. And then we'll burr it. We'll take all our money back. And we'll put a tenant in there 
and it's going to be rehab. It's going to be nice, you know, single family, nice rental, good rental rates. And we'll split the cash flow and we'll split the equity, everything 50, 50. Yeah. And he's like, all right, sign me up. Let's do it. I want to get in. I want to get in real estate. So he, uh, he fixed it up. He, you know, he put about 15,000 in materials fix. There really wasn't a ton that needed to be done on the house. Right. Um, so he fixed it all up. We uh, listed it up for rent. So we're all in like, like 65, 70K. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we listed it up for rent for like 1400 a month. So Damn. the numbers were looking great and uh, they are great. But uh, that's when he went to get the, uh, the refi, pull all our cash out or, you know, the finance and they denied him. So I was like, all right, man, well, you know, the market's going up. Let's just sell it. You know, instead of managing this this rental, we got good equity into it. We did a good job. This is your first deal. And I already had these other things going on. So I was like, yeah, let's just cash out. Yep. And yeah, nine months later, we're uh, still, waiting, <laughs> still waiting to close. But yeah, we were under contract for 120. Okay. Nice. So all in for 70-ish, right? And out the door at 120. And that's a, I mean, you guys get that to close up, man. That's a solid, that's a solid hit. You know what I mean? We, bro, we've got a backup deal at 125. Like, <laughs> the market's just crazy. It's not, yeah, it it's just, going up. it's just the lenders. Yeah. Like my, my attorney is like, I've never worked with these lenders before and I don't understand they're out of like North Dakota and they're not returning my phone call. Yeah. They're like, I just don't understand what's taking so long. So Yeah. As long as we get it to close, it'll close. We got a rush going on in North Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean there, man. We've had we've heard a few of those, uh, you know, having lender issues or whatever. So it's interesting to hear. But that, I mean, you guys get that to solid up. That's what fifty thousand dollars in your, and that's at one twenty. You said, and then you got one twenty five. So that goes up to fifty five after your seventy payback. So that's a solid hit, man. That's a killer yeah. investment on cash on cash return. Yeah. Huge, huge investment. He was in for what? What do you have him in for like less than $25,000? Yeah, he's in it for 15K. And I mean, a lot of work, a lot of sweat. Yeah, okay. Got it. He's, he put his time in there. But yeah, only yeah. 15K cash about. That's so, awesome. That's awesome. And then you um, and then for that eight plex. So you had to raise 25% on that eight plex. How'd you, how'd you get that? Yeah, so that eight unit. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. That's, that's a pretty cool strategy. Everything, everything I've done has kind of been like, how do I make it work? Not, you know, I can't, I can't make it work. You know, you can always make it work. It's just, you got to figure out how. So what we did for that eight unit, I think we needed to come to closing with like 40 K 40, 45 K. Um, took a home equity line of credit on that Norfolk house. So that was a single family that we were Airbnb in the, the one bedroom out of that had since been turned into a, a long-term rental. Yep. Um, we had a bunch of equity into it or in it. So we uh, did a home equity line of credit on that. We pulled out 30 K and um, used that 30 K for the down payment. And then I went to the seller and said, hey, would you hold 10% as a note? 
So then he held, uh, you know, 25, yep. 27K as a note. So purchase price there was 275. That's awesome. Super creative. Love it. So, so that's how we came up with, with that down payment. That's so awesome. seller took back financing at any interest just to carry back flat. It was like 4% or 5% interest. That's nothing. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I you did a seller finance. finance. You did. All right, hold on. Let me, let me recap this last, <laughs> this last three deals. All right. Break so you did, you did standard financing, right? You did private financing. You did a partnership. You did, um, you tried to do a burr. Try. You, um, you did, uh, Use the HELOC and you um, did the seller finance. I might already said the seller finance. That's, yep. that's insane, man. You're awesome. just a glutton for punishment. <laughs> that's awesome, though. I mean, what a learning experience. That's, that's what I'm doing, creative. man. I'm just learning. I'm, I want to try everything it's once. Just creative. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's again, it goes back to the creativity comes from I have to figure it out. Right. How do I do this? I'm safe. Everybody's safe. That's joining me on this, on this ride, right. Mm -hmm. This journey you're trying to figure out, but like you're doing it safely and everybody's got their money. Like that's a killer setup. And I mean, there's, that's what happens all the time with this stuff. I love hearing that kind of stuff. People that, you know, oh, I give you this, I give you that, I give you a good return. Like you're, you're jumping in. Your buddy was like, I'm ready to go in. Yeah. Granted it didn't go as fast as you want, but still like, I just did that calculation. Granted, he got a lot of sweat equity in it. That's still a 60% return. If you guys did that 50, 50, like, Damn, that's a, hell of a, that's a hell of a game. That's awesome. Well, I, I think it all builds on each other because like, you know, if any one of those was like my first deal, like it probably wouldn't have went no. on. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that would have been like, eh, I don't know if you can really pull it off. And, yep. you know, the the, the the seller of that eight unit was probably would probably be like, I don't, I'm not going to, you know, carry back to you. And so – you know, and I probably, I probably wouldn't have been able to raise 50 K from, you know, friends and family. So it all just, it all just builds on each other. And, you know, you, you, you prove yourself and you get your experience, you do that little deal, you do that first deal and you just, you know, go to the second one and learn, you know, we're all, we're all learning. I think that's a good point to bring up to anybody that's watching this now is that if you didn't hear that, like, this is a journey. This is not immediate. This is not overnight. It doesn't happen immediately. You've got to build that rapport up and whether it's with a, a lender, whether it's with people that know you, it doesn't matter. Like people have to know, you know what you're doing and it doesn't happen overnight. I think too many people are, and I don't want to say just the younger people. Cause even guys my age try to think they're going to jump in overnight and just like it happens. You know what I mean? I'm only in my forties, but it doesn't work like that. People have to know like, okay, that guy knows what he's doing. And if he doesn't, he's going to sign his ass to the line to make sure that he's going to go to McDonald's, get a job, and make it happen. Yeah. That's what's awesome to hear is that you have that credibility behind you that I hope anybody that's watching this is recognizing that and being like, you didn't just make this out of nowhere. Like he knows what he's doing because he took the time to learn. And like you said, tearing that place apart at Virginia beach, tearing that, uh, that ocean front or not ocean front, but like waterfront property, tearing it up, putting it back together, doing the sweat equity in it. Like that's a big deal. People, they just don't want to put the work in anymore. They're so lazy. <laughs> well, this is not this game man it's not lazy <laughs> well, well man you see it on tv they they oh, yeah. they flip a whole house in 30 minutes yeah 
you know, so you can't, you kind of can't blame people. They, they just have like a skewed mindset of how much work and how long it's going to take, you know, and you know, the gurus trying to sell classes and, you know, just everybody, the get rich quick schemes have been around forever. And people hear so many of them, especially around real estate that, you know, they kind of think it's the norm and they think that, you know, there's gotta be this quick way. And yeah, absolutely. There's people who, you know, in one year, you know, they do crazy stuff. And, um, but I don't think that that's the norm. No, that's a one-off. Sure. Like, um, people, people think that it's, they want to get into real estate because they want to not have to work. <laughs> don't get into real and estate. <laughs> you're like, that's not what this is. Real estate blesses the people that are willing to hustle, you know? And I think like, you know, why you were doing that, you, you were a cop, you did that seating business. You were like, you were always, you're an entrepreneur, oh, about heart, you know, yeah. you, you Me too. Tried some different things. Um, and then, you know, like you went up there, up, up to uh, New York upstate and you, you started your pressure washing business and you, you know, you're able to build some capital, you're able to build so that you can do something else or wh- whatever that next thing might be. Um, it's, you know, some people are full time in real estate. I'm full time in real estate, right. but it's not like I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm just chilling back here, not doing anything." <laughs> yeah, people people say full time in real estate, and they think that's chilling on a yacht somewhere. Yeah, not yet, not yet. But that's the thing is, it you can get into real estate if you don't want to work anymore, but you got to work twice as hard for twenty years, and then after that you'll be good. I mean, if you want to put the effort in, you know, if you want to work twice as hard, you basically want to have two jobs for 20 years, then, you know, you will then be you have to have a job. Yes. <laughs> Man, yeah. I, anybody listening to this is just taking that as a big takeaway. Like if you're going to do real estate, just know that you got to suck it up for 10 to 15 years, build your pipeline, build your legacy then you can sit back and relax. And I mean, how old are you again? How are you, Nick? Uh, 31. So, I mean, you've been doing this for a short time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like at that at that age, like, man, I wish I had started young enough to be, go back and be like, man, I'd be way better off if I had started younger. But all the older guys say that shit. And yeah. that's why the younger guys, it's like, and I remember this too, just listen to the older guys. Take the time, but vet them. You know what I mean? Like, let them know that, show, like they really know what they're talking about. Um, cause it just, I think too many kids now, I say kids, it's younger, younger generation. They want the young whippersnappers. So <laughs> bad. You know what I mean? Like everything's so immediate because of the climate we're in. You know what I mean? Like internet's immediate so, phones, immediate. Um, everything is so right at our fingertips and it's like, there's zero patience. Yeah. You can't do that in this industry. I know it shortens it up a little bit with certain things that we have, but this is a, there's a marathon for sure. A marathon. Delayed gratification. Yes. Good, good. You said good. right out of the gate, you're cheap, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cheap as all get out. I mean, when I got my first or my second property, and no one believed, like, Stephanie's even cheaper than I am. So we're both super cheap. And we're like, you guys have another property? What? Though you guys, you know, <laughs> you guys don't buy coffee because <laughs> it's too expensive from 7 Eleven. Um, I- you know, so it, it is, it's just this funny thing. Like 
well, okay, well, how can I save money? How can somebody else pay for, pay for me to, to, you know, to do these things? I mean, it's, but eventually that builds into, you know, this long-term wealth, if that delayed gratification. I mean, I think, I think that's the game plan. You, you got the vision, you know? I think it's the leverage. I definitely feel like it's leverage as I've gotten older and learned how money works and mm -hmm. understanding how to move it and where it goes has been a really big learning point or turning point. Cause you know, it's like when you're younger, you want to do the hustle and you're hard and you want to go and you want to learn, you make it like, I want to make that house look great and tear it up and put it back together. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do none of that shit no more. <laughs> I want to put the money to work and watch it do it. Right. But you get that, crowd like you like a younger guy that's like yeah i know how to do this watch this look what i can build watch what i can do look at the creativity i have hey look at the opportunity i have for you to invest this which you just said you want to sit back and make your money go to work mm -hmm. so i think that's a really good example of like delayed gratification but to the point of like take the the younger guy are you taking the time to learn how to do that right like or is that younger generation taking the time to learn how to get this creativity make these types of things available go to somebody that does have the money and say hey i have this opportunity for you and i think mm -hmm. they're i think a lot of people get afraid of talking to people with money because it's a taboo thing right it's a, you're not supposed to talk about money it's very well blah, blah. I, yeah so yeah it's it's yeah nobody nobody really when i was growing up wanted to talk about money and i you know i kind of found that weird but i also think it's it's not even that talking about money is taboo it's that for some reason in our society wealthy people have become bad mm -hmm. and i don't know where this is coming from but like if somebody is successful or or wealthy like they they somehow you know lied cheated and stole to get there <laughs> they, didn't, yep. they didn't build and you know i see that in our area you know we've got this one guy who's really successful owns like thousands of apartments and um everybody just hates on them like all all over the internet like where there's like comments and like ads and type oh i just hate on them and hate on them and it's just like um i would love to talk to this dude like hey man like how'd you do that yeah but everybody else is like oh you know screw him you know he so i don't know i don't know where you know where it's come from or why it's like that but yeah i i think that you know you're you're right on point with it it's a blue collar mentality. It's the, you have to work so many hours, make so much an hour. That's that mentality that you're brought up in. If you don't break that cycle, that's where you get the hate on the people that have more than you because I can't get there. Right. But if you break that cycle and go to learn how the wealthy people got where they're at, that's where it breaks. Like that guy's not bad. He's actually really freaking smart and I need to learn from him. Mm -hmm. That's where I think you're, you're hitting it right on the head when you say like, I don't know why people do this, but that's why. I mean, you don't go to public schools and learn anything but a trade to be a worker, right? But if you go to private schools, they teach everything about finances and money. And like, it's very, it's very different. It's a very different model. So I think that's where it comes from. Um, and I noticed that because I come from a blue collar family. Mm -hmm. And even today, and my family, people are like, what, do you, what is that all about, Sean? You're like, I don't want to bore you because all you're going to do is hate on it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you got to figure out. How how how's he scheming? What's yep. what's the scheme? Totally, totally. Yeah. Good talk, man. Good stuff. Um, anybody over in the comment section, if you guys want to open up some Q and A here for the last few minutes, 
Um, let's see if you guys have anything specific for Nick or Alex or myself, but hopefully more for Nick. He came on here talking about where he's come from, where he's gone, what he's doing. Uh, we've got a, it's common for most people who are successful to hoard that information. Actually, that's opposite. I don't know who wrote that, but uh, it's common for most people who are successful to hoard that information. Uh, that's opposite. Uh, people that are successful are actually more giving than you think. And you have to be in the right crowd to see that. Um, I've been around guys that are really successful. And if you are around them and actually care, take the time, ask the right questions, and don't just look for the, the get rich quick answer, then they're more than willing to help you with their time. Um, I, it, total opposite. I can do nothing but totally disagree with that statement. I hope you can see what I'm saying with that. But. And you wonder why people don't ask a lot of questions, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> keep asking though. Keep asking. Nick, what are your thoughts on that though? What are your thoughts yeah, on that? Yeah, so I think, I think that was kind of addressed in um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You know, anybody who's in real estate, they've been told to read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I think that that was kind of addressed in there. And I don't, I don't know the exact words, but basically the, you know, Robert Kiyosaki came to his buddy's dad and was like, how are you so successful? How do you own these companies? And he's like, well, if you really want to know, I'll teach you. And I think at that point, you know, was when he said, none of my friends who aren't successful have actually came to me and asked, Yep. you know, people that, and that, that was his, that was his take on it is, you know, people don't, don't care because, you know, for whatever reason, they don't think that, you know, they deserve it or you're, you know, what you're doing is right. Or, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. Assets versus liabilities. That's exactly what he's talking about when he talks about that. That's a good one. I think you don't want to share because you might, you know, only have one of those things and you can't, you got to hold it in. But, you know, what you did is you freaking busted your ass and, and just kept trying stuff, you know, that that is something that you're probably proud to share, you know? Right. Yeah. No. I look, and like my wife probably hates me for it because if somebody you know in the supermarket stopped and like asked me questions about real estate, I'd be like, "All right, so here we go. Here's where I started." <laughs> totally. Pull <laughs> up a chair. And obviously, I'm not like you know this multimillionaire or anything like that. But like, I just love talking about real estate, and I feel like a lot of people in the real estate game, you know, like Sean and Alex and everybody that I'm friends with. Um, we all just love talking about it too because it's so powerful and uh, can really change your life. And you know, I'm going to speak for myself. I think you guys are going to say the same, but I'm no, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a C student here. I'm no genius. <laughs> you know, I'm right with you, bro. I'm D. I'm a D. <laughs> like barely passed. <laughs> I work. Hey, I work really hard for my C's. I will say yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. If you saw my handwriting or my language writing, you'd be like, that guy's an idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's not that we're like smarter than everybody. Yeah. You know, that's not what it is. I think Sean kind of hit the nail on the head with like the mindset thing. Totally. And, and I think a lot of, you know, why I've kind of got a little bit of success is because of mindset. Um, and there's a lot of people who think they're just trapped in that. You got to get a job. And you got to then try to get a job that'll pay you a little bit higher salary. And then you got to get a job that might make you a, a VP or, you know, give you a title and then make you give you a little bit more salary. And, um, you know, that's, that's definitely a life that I could never sign up, you know, to do. 
And I'm not saying that that I'm right and, and they're wrong, but it's definitely a different mindset. Like I just, I just couldn't work for a company or a corporation and for all my life, because I know like the salary that they're paying me, like I'm making more money for them than they're paying me. So I would rather personally, if I'm going to bust my ass, I'd rather just bust my ass for myself. Right. And I'll keep the money. Right. Yeah, that's I like that comment. I think you're right with um, mindset because that's a big, big thing in the entrepreneurial world that a lot of people miss when they start. They first get in because I'll go right, right along with you with the Rich Dad Poor Dad book was what changed my mindset because I had no idea what that was until I met somebody and introduced me to it. And I don't read books like I am not a reader. I am audible <laughs> and I, I listen to the audio version of it. Um, and it was just I like do it on YouTube, man. Yeah. Like, whoa, <laughs> you know what I mean? And the first thing I think that I remember the biggest key hit or like punch to the face was like dollar for dollar or dollar for hour. That yeah. was the change. That was the mindset shift and being like, Oh, that's a thing. That's real. What does that even mean? You know what I mean? So like from there I was just hooked and I even say it to our guys now and anybody I work with, what are you worth in an hour? Whatever you negotiate. <laughs> that's it. It's that simple. And yeah. people you overthink it too much. So that's a killer answer, man. I like that. That, that um, mindset is a big one because people, I mean, even as you get into the bigger stage of entrepreneurship and make more money, like there's still going to be problems. Mm -hmm. Things you have to address. What, what's the rapid? It was like more money, more problems. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's true. It's totally true, man. I so, that was late grade Puff Daddy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, don't know alive, much, man. I didn't mean to like punch you in the face, but yeah, I, I think it's just a mind, sh a mind shit, mindset shift totally. And hopefully you can uh, Google that and see what it's all about. Cause tons of books, man, tons and tons of books. I, I am not a reader. I did not, I do not like to read. I will listen to audio books and man, I, I got through four books this past year just by audible. I was nice. like, wow, game changer, you know, and it's hard yeah. to do. Like I just like, it's not fun. But then you, you start listening to it. You start really paying attention and using it. That's the other part. You're going to read something, at least execute on it. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, you executed on Rich Dad, Poor Dad by doing what you're doing. Right? Yeah. Um, podcasts are a big thing for me. Um, and, like, the way I've kind of shifted and made it easier, because, like you said, it's hard. You know, it's hard to open up a book or turn on – audible and like sit down and let, put your headphones on. So like the kind of shift that I've done in my life is when I'm, when I'm in my truck driving, don't listen to the radio. I, I listen to podcasts. Nice. And like, yeah, at first it's kind of different because everybody just gets in the car and listens to the radio. But I mean, I've been doing it, you know, probably back in 2014 when I was buying my first property, you know, I said, I was, you know, looking at bigger pockets, listening to some bigger pockets, podcasts, and uh, realistically on and off, you know, since then, that's you know what I've been doing. And it's just natural for me now. Like I'm, you know, taking a 20 minute drive. Oh, let's turn on a podcast, get a little bit of information. 90% of that stuff is probably going to go in one ear out the other, but there's going to be that little gem. And you're like, oh man, I never thought about that. And, you know, instead of just be boxing to the music as you're driving down, you're making that brainwave thinking. So next time you hear something, you're like, oh, yep. yeah, we could do this, this strategy. Or, you know, I heard somebody talk about this on a podcast. And 
it just keeps your brain working and more, you know, problem solving. So when a problem comes in front of you and uh, you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. You know, I think your mind just works through it easier because you just hear people talk about it. You're immersed in it all the time. Nice. Somebody said, yes, that's helped me a lot. I've shifted my music to clubhouse and podcasts. That's good. Cool. Yeah, that's a good one, man. Clubhouse. I just found that. Have you guys heard about that app? Clubhouse? No, no. Get on it, man. It's really cool. Um, I probably I just found it this past weekend and did a bunch of YouTube videos of like how it works and whatever. It's not complicated, but get the app on your phone. Um, and then you can start searching for what you want to go into. I was just real estate everything, but I was also into marketing. So I probably spent the better part of almost four and a half hours this past weekend in different rooms. And you just listen to it and there's these people that come in and talk. They're not pitching. They're not trying to sell you shit. Some are, but majority of them are. And they're just sharing information. And wow. I took away some like golden nuggets on marketing stuff or um, somebody was specifically talking about building capital. That was one room that was just about built from multifamily to commercial to residential to land. Like it was just, it was a really big, uh, almost like a TED talk moment where you yeah. go to these events it was the same kind of thing. Uh, Elon Musk was in a room the other day and I don't know if you guys saw this or heard about it, but it was pretty funny. You talk about like a punch to the face from somebody that like is pretty big in the market. A guy asked him in one of his questions, he said, Hey, what would you suggest to, what was the one big thing you would suggest to an entrepreneur or entrepreneur as uh, motivational? And he's like, if you need motivation as to be an entrepreneur, don't be an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of the new things I think I just found and it's really cool. So if anybody's listening to that, it's that's a good feedback. Whoever that Facebook person was, that's a good one. That's in podcast always. There's so much of that. Bigger pockets, that's awesome. Tons of stuff on there. Tons of stuff. Yeah. And I'm sure there's tons, there's tons other out there. And you know, it probably doesn't matter who you're really listening to, but you know, you're listening to to somebody who's talking about real estate, successful people. You know, yep. how they made money over and over again. And it just becomes the norm if you keep hearing about it. Yep. Ingrained in your brand. We, we, we appreciate you being on here. I think your your story of your your hustle, your creativity, um, starting young uh, and, and just not being afraid to just freaking jump in the damn fire and maybe get burned a little bit, but ended up with, you know, ended up getting where you, where you had to go. Um, I, I think it's, I just think it's a great message to everybody just to kind of keep up the hustle and, you know, we appreciate you being on here. Um, yeah, awesome, I appreciate man. your friendship. Um, you know, best to you and care. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your time in Hawaii, even though I'm extremely jealous. <laughs> um, it was a little cold today. It only got to like 81. So oh, not <laughs> <just being an ass. laughs> Yeah, man. So we appreciate you coming on. Um, if anybody else, if you guys want to throw out any questions, hit us up. But uh, oh, last question we got here, yeah, Mark Miller. Question when I'm trying to do my closing statement. Come on, <laughs> man. We'll shut it down. Seems like home right. prices last question. in last the question. Norfolk, Oceania, or Ocean View are starting to level off from the crazy valuations that have been out for the past two years. What are your thoughts on that, Nick? Well, you're uh, not doing that much over there anymore. So. No, my, my thoughts are I'm going to, I'm going to leave it to the local guys. Um, Cause yeah, I, I haven't really looked down there um, recently. So what do you guys think? That's Alex's world. I, I don't think anything's leveling off, man. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's going nuts. I, 
Now, Norfolk and as a whole might be leveling off. Like Ocean View is just is just building up still, though. I think honestly. No, I think I'm going to go with Norfolk is not leveling off. I think it's still rising at the moment. We're still seeing pro- – I mean, you can see a property go today for ten to 15000 over what the last property, identical, matching, everything. Yeah. They're just pushing it, and they just keep pushing and pushing and pushing, and it's, just, it's not stopping right now. And, again, again it's like anything. It's going to fall, but when? Who knows? Um, I don't think it's in this season. No, I do not think it's in this season. Uh, the next one you had was, hey, Nick, how many years ago did you get started? You probably stated this earlier, but he didn't hear it. Yeah. So I've been in real estate probably eight years since I bought that first three unit in New York. Nice. How old were you again? So that's 22, 23. Nice. God, I wish I was doing anything in my 20s at real estate. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, my first house was 24, but I was, but it was also 2007. <laughs> what were you saying, Nick? It took me the last 14 years to get back. <laughs> what did you say, uh, Nick? But that goes to my point. I was going to say anybody who's who's young and wants to get into this game. I mean, time and you know, principal pay down and everything is on your side. You know, get oh, it. You, get if it. you buy if you buy anything when you're 20 years old. No matter what happens in 30 years when you're 50, you're going to have a free and clear property that's going to probably double, if not triple in value, like, you know, the amount of money that you're going to make from just one of those, just one purchase when you're young. You know, even if you do everything wrong and, you know, make all these mistakes, you're not, you don't need to retire tomorrow. So buy it, buy it now. Nice. I love it, man. I love it. Damn. I love and it. We will conclude on that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Nate, man, awesome. Thank you for for coming on, man. And uh, that was that was a perfect ending because that's that's exactly what needs to be said. Yeah, man. Um, we appreciate you guys. Next time we'll be on next month, last Tuesday of the month. This is Opportunity. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us. And if you got any questions. Shoot them to the uh, Facebook page. Sean, uh, you got anything? Oh, what beer is everybody drinking? So I had the New Realm Hoplandia IPA. Nick, what do you got? This is uh, Kona Brewing. Brewed oh, here in Hawaii. Uh, longboard. Nice. Oh, the classic. Very good. Very good. Oh, boy. I like it. At the pier. You sum up the pier for a dollar, man. What? Really? This is a long time ago, but yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Freaking OV, man. OV. Nice. What do you got, Alex? Um, I've got Kova. So this I just picked up today on my way you back. COVID. What? Um, not COVID. <laughs> um, so this is a new brewery out in Ocean View that just opened up East Beach. Nice. Um, it's pretty good. It's called Hobbit's Hazy. Is that that old bank? Used to be an old bank. No, it's right. It's right across from each beach before you hit the bridge. Okay. Oh, that's that brewery we went to. What's that place called? The old bank that we go to. Uh, oh, the old bank is um is uh. Why, why am I having a brain fart? Um, Ladies, help us out here. <laughs> we have like we've Beer had like four there. Bull Mariner, Bull Mariner, Bull Mariner. Oh, yeah. got it! Right as it hit one, got yeah. it. <laughs> Bone there. Yeah, we've met there like so many times. I, I know. Like every day. 
Ladies, come back on. Come over here and join us for a hot second. What are y'all drinking? I know that y'all were helping us, but think what's everybody drinking? Ashley, Vanessa, what are y'all drinking? If you um, want to jump on. I'm not going to show video. My plan was to drink rosé <laughs> and uh, then ended up drinking hot chocolate. So oh. why not drink <laughs> nice. Can't hate on hot chocolate. Can't yeah. hate on hot not chocolate. hate on hot chocolate. <laughs> Vanessa, what do you got? Uh, kid duty for me, so water. <laughs> kid duty and water. Nice. Well, he said kid duty. <laughs> I mean, with kid duty, cousins off today. <laughs> nice long day. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining. We're gonna cut out of here. Um, we almost ended on time, but. Ah, a little thank bit over. We try. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Um, like I said, always love talking about real estate, and it's great to uh, catch up with both of you. Um, hope everything's going well. Business is killing, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Awesome, man. Appreciate it, guys. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. As usual, always check us out at Opportunity. You can check us out on our Facebook page. Um, we've got that. That's where you get as much attention as we can to give you guys these notifications and any business and what's coming up, uh, the next meetings. And then of course, if we get back in local in time, in person, we're going to show you guys that as well. And, uh, really look forward to meeting you guys. Remember if you're in Hampton roads, we now have our peninsula chapter. So Cameron Peters has started that up right before COVID and, uh, we're going to get that going again. And we're also going to get the South side open back up again. So looking forward to getting those going and seeing you guys in person. And, uh, we'll probably try to do these as well where we've got some, pretty high tech audio equipment. We might be able to make it happen and still keep the, uh, the virtuals as well as in person. But thanks again, guys. We really enjoyed you guys joining us. Thank you so much for your questions, Nick. Thanks for joining us, man. Awesome. Thanks guys. Uh, hating on you for being in Hawaii, but <laughs> <laughs> thanks Nick, again. Nick, one around too after we close out, but yeah. Okay, good cool. Thanks again, guys. Peace. guys. Peace. Later. Hey everyone, it's Ashley with Wholesaling Out of the Box. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. We've got a lot more content coming for you on your podcatcher of choice, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all of the above. So we'd really, really appreciate it if you would be willing to write a review if you have the time today for us down on whatever, wherever you're listening to this, because reviews help us so much to get in front of more people. And it lets us see what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, what you're interested in, things like that. So give us any kind of feedback. Sean and I are always saying we like all feedback, all uh, constructive criticisms so that we can get better, so that we can give you the content that you're looking for. So if you could leave us a review, that would be magical. And that's, that's it. Thanks for listening.